Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. You know, I'm um, a bit of an empath. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday, January 13th, which means this is This Week in Bachelor Nation. 2023. 2023. Supposed 2023. We still don't even really acknowledge that time exists. and uh, You already accepted that 2023 is the only year you'll acknowledge. Okay, you're right. Opto 2023. I acknowledge 2023 is real, and it's already off to a huge start. We have massive news this week. There are huge shakeups in the official Bachelor Nation podcast world. There are huge shakeups in the Bachelor peripheral podcast world with the release of Dark Lord Harrison's The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever. We're definitely going to be talking about that in the news. Uh, but before we get to any of that, we have to mention a bit of business. I made some new media. <laughs> Uh-huh. There is a brand new program on our Patreon right now called Clues Corner. There are two episodes of it. They're each a little over an hour long. These first two episodes are videos of me live watching and reacting to the first two episodes of Dark Lord Harrison's podcast. So if you haven't listened to his podcast, if you refuse to listen to it because you don't want to give him the clicks, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Game Roses. Join us on the bottom of the pit, and you're going to get access to me watching his or listening to his podcast. And I pause it from time to time to give my thoughts and opinions on what we're listening to. But rest assured, um, it is an insane podcast that he put out, at least these first two episodes, for a variety of reasons. Is it the most dramatic podcast ever? No, almost no drama. But um, really, I was in disbelief as I was listening to the whole thing. And and like I said, you can go to patreon.com slash Game Roses and you can watch this. And I think that Clues Corner is going to be something that I am doing with some regularity. Clues Corner, I stand with Rachel Lindsay. So Clues Corner is going to be the only way that I ingest <laughs> this podcast right. for our job so that we can do our we're going to have our first Digging Deeper, including this podcast next week and that one is going to be it's going to be the most dramatic digging deeper ever <laughs> i'm definitely curious to see what you think about some of these clips that we're going to pull for it because there are some doozies in there i'm terrified i mean the the again the bachelor podcast world not the official bachelor podcast nation but the official bot or the podcast world of the bachelor is forever changed because of dark lord harrison's entry into the fray but uh, yeah, like I said, I'm going to keep doing these Clues Corners. They're not all going to be reactions to podcasts and things like that. I think the next series might have to do with a one Mr. Vial's book. Don't text your ex. Happy birthday. Ooh. I might be doing some live readings and reactings to the various chapters from that tome of wisdom. Clues Corner has some intellectualism in it, are you saying? <laughs> I don't know about that. It's got a bookshelf. Yeah, it will have a bookshelf. But I mean, there are a lot of different pieces of media in the bachelor world that i want to offer reactions to 
And I think Clues Corner is going to be the place where I do that, which will be again on our Patreon. So I hope that you'll join us. And I hope that everybody who uh, is already there and has watched the Clues Corners has enjoyed them because they were fun <laughs> to make. I have to say, as much of a, a maniac as I felt when I'm just sitting there, like <laughs> listening to this podcast and like doing my face plays and shit. I couldn't help some of those face plays, though. I have to say some of the shit this man said on his podcast yeah. is insane. Look, I've gotten some of the headlines. One of them is that you have great face play in this Clues Corner. Oh, thank you. Couldn't help it. Could not be helped. I, you just have to listen to it. That's all I can say. Another is that he calls himself an empath, which I feel like is a direct attack against Dark Lord Palmer, the He's empathetic <laughs> king. I won't stand for this. Oh, <laughs> I stand with DLP. Yeah, I mean, he calls himself an empath. <laughs> the true empathetic king. I mean, we'll get to some of this in the news, but he does a laundry list of supporters. There's all kinds of crazy shit in this. Lauren Zima comes in to basically back him up in his non-apology. It's wild, to Ooh. say the least. But... uh we hope that you go there again, patreon.com slash game roses. You can check out clues corner. You can check out our digging deeper, which was great last week as well. As we're gearing up for this season 27 and all of the official bachelor nation podcasts are about to go back into overdrive, interviewing the people who get kicked off the show, upholding the narratives. The sauce wars are about to fucking go into their next phase. So I'm looking forward to covering all that too. I can't wait. And there's just like, there's some news that we're going to get to that is going to affect all of that and who are the voices that through which the lens through which we'll be seeing this season on the official Bachelor Nation podcast. Absolutely. I cannot wait. There's a lot in store for this upcoming season and we are going to begin today's Twibbon by talking about the state of the game and this is a very special state of the game. We've got two guests joining us who are massive contributors to the state of the game the fandom, the culture surrounding our beloved game and have been for many years. We are very excited to discuss with them uh, everything that's going on with them and with the nation. This is Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. We are so thrilled today to be joined by two mainstays in the nation's podcasting and journalism sphere whose hilarious and thoughtful insights into the experience of being deep in the fandom of our beloved game have helped define the culture over the past few years. We are humbled and honored to welcome the hosts of the Must Listen To podcast, Two Black Girls, One Rose, Natasha, Scott, and Justine Kay. Thank you so much for being with us again wow. today. Wow. What an intro. Jesus. Wow. Now, we are talking about like this segment that we always do at the beginning of our shows on Friday. We call it State of the Game. Mm -hmm. And we talk about generally kind of like, where's the fandom? What is, where's the show? What's going on in the producer culture? So you guys have at this point, dropped one of the biggest pieces of news in the Bachelor fandom culture that you're not going to be covering season 27. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Please tell us what that's like. Does it feel like a weight is lifted? How is it? <laughs> you're glowing. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. Um, yeah, it was a big, obviously a big announcement. It was a big decision. It was a big decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've never, the past five years we've been doing this we've never not covered the bachelor while it was on mm -hmm. we've done other stuff in the off season or whatever but um yeah i mean it wasn't something that we took lightly it was no. kind of of course soul searching among ourselves like the two of us is this something do we actually want to cover this upcoming season yeah but it was also just 
keeping an ear and a pulse on Bachelor Nation. And and our community as well in yeah. general, which I'm sure you guys are feeling the same thing. Like our community of people is either keeping up with us to keep up with the show and not watching the show mm-hmm. or leaving us as beloved creators that we were to them and an experience to them to go on and watch Love is Blind. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, just paying yeah. attention to not ignoring and continuing to do something that we always do just because we always do it, but also really listening to the community and kind of just kind of gathering insight of what's happening in Bachelor Nation and just the overwhelming lack of support, excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, we've not seen it this low and dismal yeah. for a Bachelor in a long time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Why do you think the that your community, our communities... Mm-hmm are feeling this way right now. And like, to, it's gotten to this point for you both. Yeah, there's no hook. First of all, first, number one thing, there's no hook to this man. Even with Peter, there was the windmill. Wait, what about the booming voice? No, is that a thing? <laughs> that, that's the it. uncle? Oh, his uncle. <laughs> yeah. Uncle yeah, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, him. Yeah, Patrick War. You're not a Warburton head? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, so. Personally. No, uh-uh. <laughs> I, I can't speak to that. Yeah, but that is it. There's no reason to follow this man's journey for love, no matter what race he is, no matter how tall he is, no matter how handsome he is. Because this is not an ugly man we're talking about, and this is not a this is like you know Quasimodo we're talking about over here. He's a nice looking young man. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's still no reason. Is Zach Shalcross Quasimodo? <laughs> we still need a reason. We are at a point, especially in reality dating culture, where we need a reason to see mm-hmm. these people fall in love, especially to be chosen as like this pinnacle bachelor. Oh, oh my God, I'm the bachelor. Ugh. You don't feel like his victimization edit? No. From Rachel Recchia did it? It wasn't. No, it wasn't nearly long it enough. Worse. It yeah. wasn't near. It was one episode long. It was it we needed a way longer. Eddie. Well, I mean, but do you guys feel like that that is a symptom of Bachelorette 19 where you had two Bachelorettes? So it necessarily meant mm-hmm. both Bachelorettes were getting half the screen time, mm-hmm. as were all the players that season. And obviously that season had so many fucking things that were mishandled all the way down to the Zach Shawcross mm-hmm. uh, blackface scandal mm-hmm. just not mm-hmm. being mentioned at all. Wait, Eric Schwer? I'm like, Zach too? Damn. <laughs> Eric Schwer, Sorry. <laughs> They all they all mix together for me. Zach's roll with it. I was like, oh well, yeah. I, I've had this problem the entire season, but like you're saying with Zach Shawcross, you got essentially mm-hmm. half the screen time that that guy would have normally got. A person who made it to third place that season, and there is some mystery about why mm-hmm. Rachel Reckie changed her mind so quickly uh, the next right. morning, where she's like, oh, I don't want to talk to this guy at all. There's some conjecture about maybe mm-hmm. he said something in the mm-hmm. fantasy suite that like rubbed her the wrong way, but. I think for me personally, that is part of the reason why he's so uninteresting is because we only got half the screen time on this guy. We don't really know who he is at all or why we should be interested. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think also, you know, we didn't get to see him in paradise. And I feel like a lot of people have gone on to paradise and have gained some like followers and, you know, have gained a little bit more fan favoriteness Mm -hmm. um, that we really didn't have much to go off with that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. being just a nice guy or just a good looking guy um, is just not enough to hold people's attention. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you even see it in, I mean, not for nothing, like his Instagram counts are just like not up to ridiculous. we've seen with other bachelors yeah. Yeah. or compared to people, men who have been on Bachelor in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think they definitely had a, I guess, a tougher decision in picking somebody, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. Rodney's right there. Yeah, I don't think it was a tough decision <laughs> totally. at all. I'm saying Rodney's right his, there from Gabby and Rachel's season. Oh, they yeah, they had to. Yeah. Like to. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't have to though. They've they've delved into the past plenty of times. They can pick anyone they want. I mean, Peter Krause was in the the talks for this season. Mm. I'm just this is my own conjecture, but I believe that's true. Okay. Um, let me ask you this though. Speaking of like Instagram and TikTok numbers and stuff like mm. that. There's a player incoming to season 27, mm-hmm. Victoria Jameson, who mm-hmm. has almost a million TikTok followers mm-hmm. and 130K plus mm-hmm. Instagram followers. Does that interest you at all? That this is the first time it seems like the producers are really leaning in and saying, hey, we're going to get somebody who's already a giant influencer mm-hmm. in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. I think Katie came in with a TikTok following specifically when she went on Matt James. Yeah, I think she had like... I want to say she had like 60K going in. Yeah. Like oh, okay. That was low. Maybe oh, that was a lot lower than I thought she had. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. I was not. It, it was around that. Myself. She had over 100, I think. Okay. Uh, but okay. She did not have a million. Victoria Jameson has like okay. 940,000 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah. That to me is like, I'm, I'm ready to see how that plays out at the very yeah. least. But yeah. No, I mean, I we get what you're saying. Like the past two years, I just wrote a 4,000 word article that I think will only be published on our website because no. I don't know who else would publish this <laughs> shit. But it was basically a 4,000 word article about like the last two years of the show mm-hmm. have been fucking hard to follow because mm-hmm. of all the shit, everything that went down basically yes. from the pandemic yeah. until now, mm-hmm. which includes the broken season 16 of Bachelorette where Claire Crawley mm-hmm. leaves in episode four because she's fallen in love with Dale right. Moss on his fucking Instagram account mm-hmm. all the way through Matt James, all the scandals that happened that mm-hmm. season, Bachelorette 19, just like the the burnout of Bachelorette 17 and 18 yeah. almost back to back in 2021. Mm-hmm. All of it has just been difficult. Mm-hmm. And I get what you're saying about like, fuck it, let's just like not do this anymore mm-hmm. and move on to a show like we just recap Love is Blind season three. That shit's fun. That, it's like shot beautifully, <laughs> you know? It feels like those people, for the most part, are like happy yeah. and not being fucking ground down by the producers mm-hmm. like it is on Bachelor. Mm-hmm. But, so I commend you and I congratulate you for <laughs> uh, for this decision. If I may ask, though, I'm curious about this. What was that initial conversation like? Which one of you floated the idea and how did that conversation go? Yeah, it was First, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was pretty hesitant. But I, but I saw the light though when she started talking. Yeah, I didn't think much. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. You were both yeah. there. And then also, like it was, it kind of felt like a no brainer too because we mm-hmm. we've covered Merit at First Sight before mm-hmm. during an off season, a Bachelor off season, and our audience was engaged. They watched Merit at First Sight. But yeah. I mean, if you're watching The Bachelor, you're probably watching a lot of other dating reality shows as well. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. to see that Merit at First Sight is on around the same time, it was like, all right, we can give this a shot and it won't feel as risky. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not that we're saying totally goodbye to Bachelor Nation. We're just going to try something new for this period and mm-hmm. see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it felt it felt like a no-brainer. As, as scary and yeah. as risky it could be, it was also like, all right, this makes sense for us too. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. you're not fully escaping Bachelor Nation. Yeah, the true. Bachelor player who was on Married at First yeah, Sight. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
He's on season one. Season one. They're yeah. still married. Wow. Yeah, you can never truly escape Bachelor Nation. It's like the Kardashians. Like you. Yeah, they're everywhere. It is. <laughs> I. I literally looked up. I was like, when is the last time we talked to you both? Because I was like, it feels like maybe it was like a year ago, October 2020. Wow. And we were discussing just like how we had been through so much. And now it's like fucking January 2023. It's like somehow that time has gone. And we've also been through a lot Mm -hmm. in in the nation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You're transitioning into Married at First Sight. Are you both? still working are you full-time podcasting has podcasting had gone into your being soaked in now <laughs> yeah yeah we're full-time yeah this. and podcasting is Hell all through yes. my veins all through my blood all through everything yeah. yep i i still run a nonprofit on the side um called dorson community foundation we do um like college and career readiness with inner city youth um, but that's for yeah. like the love of the community and mm-hmm. good in my heart. Mm-hmm. But this is this is our full time gig. Mm-hmm. So you guys have enjoyed podcasting. Mm-hmm. What do you like about the the format? Oh, like well, the format has changed a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Bachelor podcasts and specifically haven't changed that much. Where it's pretty much only audio we enjoy watching you guys on your instagram and stuff and your video recaps and things like that Mm -hmm. but podcasting as a whole has gone from video to instagram lives to i mean Mm -hmm. the amount of people who have podcasts who perhaps don't need them (laughs) (laughs) very interesting shade though that's the thing that's not shade if you need to be seen visually then you need to be seen visually you don't need to only do audio storytelling Mm. but part of why i think we love audio storytelling is kind of creating conversations especially post something like the bachelor where it's a national conversation and furthering it throughout the week and seeing how people are reacting and seeing what people are saying Mm. i don't know if you guys had the same experience watching love is blind but i thought it was a really good look into dating in dallas i'm like who has these mm, kinds of conversations yeah, totally like right. i don't have these types of conversations i yeah. know you all don't in la and i know we don't in new york about like do you think abortion is okay we don't have those kind of conversations over here i mean the abortion yeah. scene is like is my favorite scene from that whole season yeah. i was just like my my chin was on the mm-hmm. floor the whole time i was like i can't believe we're watching this conversation yeah. also i don't get into a lot of com- i'm I have conversations with more Nancy's than Bartisa's, right. I think. Right, yeah, yeah. So I was just, like, fascinated by the that. whole way. And she just handled it very elegantly, mm-hmm. like, kind of going through. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, an important moment, I thought, in reality television. I mm-hmm. thought when you were saying the abortion scene, I thought for some reason you're going to be like, the abortion scene in L.A. is way different. Oh, no. Like, that there's so kind of... <laughs> scene. <laughs> I thought that was not where you're going with that. No, no, no. But I agree with you. I... I really think Love is Blind. I'm from Dallas. We call oh, Dallas the right. source on our podcast because we so think many... it's the source of Bachelor Nation. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of like oh. very important Bachelor Nation people who come from there, like Sean Lowe, Rachel yeah. Lindsay, oh, Chris Rachel. Harrison, for yep. example. Yep. Uh, 
But one thing I noticed in there for sure was all of Matt's buddies were Ooh. what we wound up calling source boys, Ooh. just the backwards baseball cap, kind of like down home Southern guy. I am not. I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'd be afraid. <laughs> I cannot. Speaking of source boys. Have you guys listened to Chris Harrison's new podcast? Oh, I will never. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have read the commentary, have listened yeah. to TikToks and all of that. Yeah. Like yeah I've yeah. listened to it, but have not actually pressed play. Down. Yeah. I will never press play. I stand with Rachel Lindsay, but I will <laughs> listen to reaction i can't wait to listen to that i need to yeah, carve out a moment i, I definitely to listen, listen to, to it it's um i mean all i can say is it's uh it's it's strange i mean it's it's almost to me like some bizarre artifact from bachelor nation where you're getting to see this guy who said all this racist shit and was involved in what i would say is the biggest scandal in the history of the show oh, that yeah. almost threatened to fucking destroy the, the entire franchise yeah. mm -hmm. and now you get to hear his take on what happened in that year and shit mm -hmm. and it's just like it's baffling yeah. that not only is he saying this shit this shit is the number one podcast mm -hmm. on yeah. itunes yeah yeah people are like eating yeah. it up mm -hmm. um and I don't know if it's like predominantly people like me that have some kind of morbid curiosity about <laughs> it or like are involved in a job where you must cover it. Or if it's people who are like, no, this guy is, is the one true Lord and Savior and I must listen to everything he has to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I'm still I'm curious to see where it goes too. Yeah. But a lot of people have your same attitude about it for sure. That's like, I'm not fucking press and play on this guy's podcast. No, I'm good. We said on our podcast, he literally should be like the white male Z-Way. Like he should be out here interviewing everybody who's been canceled for racism and interview them on their I side of the that. story. Like yeah. just lean in, lean just go it. full racism, like full blown. That's a huge podcast. That That is the number one podcast on iTunes forever. You know what I'm saying? Like That's just great. go full yeah. in and be like, you hated those black people on my season too? Like same. Yeah. I think this is the so soft launch for that, to be mm -hmm. honest. Like to never say, he never says Rachel Lindsay's yeah. name. Mm -hmm. He never says anything he did was right. wrong, just that it was sloppy basically. And I'm like, yeah. to me that's, you're you're targeting a certain yeah, audience by doing that. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. He's running. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So you guys, you're not uh, covering season 27, mm -hmm. other than maybe peripherally. Mm -hmm. Some Something pops off yeah. in season 27 that breaks into the general yeah. pop culture news yeah. or the reality TV news you might talk about. Yeah. But what do you think is like the future of The Bachelor? Where do you see it going after this season? Mm -hmm into bachelor at 20 mm -hmm. into the next season of paradise because there's also we just learned i don't know if you guys have heard about this yet natasha parker is leaving clickbait let me ask you actually about that first before we get into the future of the bachelor why do you think she left clickbait do you think she was fired there's no host uh replacement announced mm -hmm. she supposedly has another podcast she said coming out but gave mm -hmm. no title no date when that's going to be released mm -hmm. it seemed to me like it was a little rushed mm -hmm. no. oh maybe but she's also a black woman so that gives her criteria to leave yeah all every one of them has yeah. left so far and yeah. usually yeah. rushed yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, there's that. Also, clickbait of the recap show. Who's your dream replacements for clickbait, clickbait. hosts? Um, 
with grocery grocery store Joe and and who is it? Tia who's gonna bring on Serena? Bring on his wife. She's yeah, not on Tia there left anymore. Too. Oh, Tia left too. It's just grocery store Joe sitting up there talking to himself. Yes. Oh it's just wow. Grocery by himself. Okay. I think it should be Serena. Bring the wife. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It should be a couple's podcast. Yep. Um, yeah. Now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interview the successful. I mean, I, the only reason I ask in conjunction with what do you think the future of The Bachelor mm-hmm. is, is because we've noticed over the past two years, like one of the biggest things that we kind of covered is the rise of those official Bachelor Nation podcasts, yeah, which yeah. were happy hour clickbait and talking it out. Mm-hmm. Talking it out is mm-hmm. gone. Now clickbait is down to just grocery <laughs> and happy hour is kind of like the only big one that's still around. Mm-hmm. And it's like th- those things became integral in the culture of at least the the show's production of the of Bachelor and the Nation mm-hmm. to further the narratives that they would put forth in yeah. like yeah. right. Especially Bachelor in Paradise season seven, where it was like Brendan, uh Marias and Piper James are horrible pieces of shit because yeah. they yeah. even mentioned Instagram, right. all right. that stuff. And so it's like that that second kind of tier mm-hmm. of upholding the narratives of Bachelor Nation seems to be falling apart a little Rocky. bit. Rocky, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's the only reason I bring it up. But what do you guys think is the future of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's them trying to like continue the narrative, but also trying to like control the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be frustrating probably for some like a Natasha who mm-hmm. is excited by the prospect of getting to do a podcast with bachelor, but then have to succumb to these different parameters. I don't know her working life was like a clickbait, but I imagine it could feel very like stifling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being a fellow podcaster in bachelor space. Yeah. And, like how, difficult it is or how difficult it's been for us when mm-hmm. trying to book, you know, book guests or book contestants and yeah. like the red tape that's put up as they try to control the narrative and keep, you know, independent yeah. podcasters like yeah. us kind of out of it. Yeah. Um, so I think they got to figure that out. Because- yeah. It's it, you're right. It's the narrative. Uh, Natasha as a black woman trying to uphold the narrative that Zach should be the right person to be the bachelor when Rodney is right the fuck there. That must be very <laughs> difficult to do. And that must be really hard to just fake it till you make it. That yeah. sounds like something you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. If they cast Rodney, are you back in? It's a little late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, please. We got three women. We can set Rodney up right now. I know. Yeah. We can, we can get that eliminated right here, right now, Rodney. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, it's a good question about like, it is. Future, like, where yeah. they go from here. I mean, the Bachelor has like very much leaned into not making changes mm-hmm. in format mm-hmm. or anything. I mean, I think we're all kind of like talking about this girl who's like a million on TikToks. It feels so fresh and like, oh my God, there's like someone yeah. from like mm-hmm. modern world on The Bachelor who's mm-hmm. going to you know, make us remember <laughs> yeah. 2023. But I don't know. Until they really, um, I think, open up conversations for independent podcasters mm-hmm. until they, mm-hmm. um, make some type of interesting shift or something mm-hmm. like they had Gabby and Rachel that was their attempt at trying to do something a little bit different but it you know mm-hmm. was a little wonky I don't know I just think that there's so many more dating reality shows on TV that yeah. are doing things differently more interesting and with a nod to modern dating mm-hmm. that the bachelor is starting to feel a little bit antiquated and yeah they have to kind of solve that problem and even be invested in solving that problem. Right. It seem as if they are. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. Yeah. 
I, I think what you're saying about them trying to like lock down the narrative is exactly correct. Mm-hmm. We, or I've been coaching players to like infiltrate yeah. the game for the past couple of seasons. Yeah. One of them was a player who wound up not going into our beloved game. Mm-hmm. She went to go into big brother yes. and mm-hmm. she won big brother mm-hmm. last season. Yep. And so, uh, you know, as soon as that happened, Taylor, Hale. Yeah. Taylor, Hale, Taylor, sorry. Taylor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were like texting and I was like, can you come on our show and like talk about this? And she's like, yeah, of course. Yes. Here's the CBS, uh, promotions yeah, person. Just email this person. Yeah. And it was like within a week, she was on our yep. show talking about yep. that shit. It was unfucking yep. real. Yes. Unreal. I was yep. like, this it's, is crazy. Yep. yep. They're trying to be too controlling on the show and too controlling in the podcast yeah, yeah. world. Like you're yeah. saying, not letting the independent podcasters interview people. We are the ones who are fueling the mm-hmm, nation, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Like continuing the commentary, yeah, making yeah. sure it stays in the news more than one yeah. night yeah, a week. Yeah, exactly. It's, they're definitely deterring. Yeah. yeah, they remind me of Victoria's Secret. They remind me a lot of Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret is forced to stop the fashion show because of their CEO said some wild shit. Savage X Fenty murdered them, <laughs> murdered them. And now they have um, a very, very famous supermodel, Paloma, as their spokesperson. Um, and she's a plus size model as well. But they haven't really changed their sizing. They haven't really like shifted much of anything. There's like nobody trans up modeling for them. Like they haven't really Mm -hmm. shifted a whole, whole lot. They just kind of tried to buy out the problem. But Mm -hmm. I say that because they were a huge player in the industry, right? Victoria's Secret. Everybody knows that's where you get underwear is Victoria's Secret. Mm -hmm. But then they kind of had these other kind of side industries. They had a door. They had all these other like parade mm. all these like little underwear companies kind of coming after them and they never acknowledged it and the bachelor is very similar like love is blind is yeah. happening uh you have yeah. to handle is literally a show about people on instagram dating for money <laughs> like this, yeah. like this is something that's <laughs> happening and going on and for them to ignore it what they're doing is they're not growing with their audience mm-hmm. their audience is going to keep no. getting older and then they're not going to watch the show anymore yeah. Do you think that that has anything to do with the fact that they're still on broadcast network television and they feel beholden to some kind of like mm-hmm. what I believe specifically <clears throat> is an older white, yeah. predominantly Southern Midwestern audience. And they feel like we have to keep servicing them mm-hmm. to get whatever fucking ratings still exist in network TV, right. which are dwindling by the day. Yeah. Yeah. But then maybe once it goes to streaming, which will happen, mm-hmm. we saw it happen with Dancing with the yeah, Stars. Yeah. Once it goes to streaming, do you think that will open things up for them to be able to do any kind of changes to it that might make it more contemporary? I'm very curious if the Dancing with the Stars, how that changed going to streaming. Me too. Me too. Me too. I would love to see. I don't know if we ever get those numbers. Does Disney Plus put out their... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Bachelor jumped to streaming... And they're literally then, you know, pitted up against the Love is Blind yeah. and the mm-hmm. Two Out the Handles. They would have to kind of hang it up because yeah. everyone is watching Love is Blind. All yes, international. Groups, international yeah. men yeah. and women. Yeah. The Bachelor is watched by primarily white women in yeah. a specific age mm-hmm. group. Yeah. So if now you're going to jump over to streaming, you want to catch those eye, all eyeballs of the global community that Global Love is Blind is, mm-hmm. they're going to have to make some changes. So mm-hmm. that might be an exciting yeah. thing to come in the future mm-hmm. for The Bachelor. Yeah. Um, 
But until then, they're, yeah, they're very much beholden to broadcast guidelines or whatever. Yeah. Well, the golden future, what are you looking forward to about Married at First Sight? Oh, my God. What do you like about that show? show. Yeah. It's a great show. (laughs) It's just, it's a great show. I think there's just so much to talk about Mm -hmm. that um, because you're watching real couples that like go through a real marriage yeah um as crazy as it is it's at first sight it's on television but you're seeing them deal with conflict of lifestyle conflict of financial differences mm-hmm. uh family like mm-hmm. and there's five couples the racial diversity is, is has always been there on married at first sight there's mm-hmm. always at least two of the couples that are of color um and they're so all five couples are so dynamic that each of them brings a different conversation mm-hmm. um to talk about on our pod mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and hmm. for um what we've seen also for in our audience um, or just married at first sight's audience in general is men are watching the show couples watch the show Definitely. yeah um a lot of black women watch the show mm-hmm. which is interesting they don't watch the bachelor so that's and not nice. reluctantly i yeah. feel like a lot of people watch the back bachelor reluctantly like guiltily yeah yeah um so yeah i'm looking forward to just the conversations yeah there's to have to mm-hmm. be had and the mess it's still messy very <laughs> yeah Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it makes for a good TV. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's when they when they have to it's something they have in 90 Day Fiance too, when they have to enmesh with the families and like also convince their family of why they've done this wild life decision. It's the best television. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone does always win. There's always at least one couple, and usually they're of color, that yeah. win at the end. Yeah, and so The Bachelor, I feel like we're all like, well, when are they going to mm-hmm. break up? You know what I mean? You're saying yeah. they win like they stay together? They stay together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there's no cash prize. <laughs> yeah, like I said, no. I wrote a 4,000 word article on this shit. But it basically yeah. breaks down like why I think that's happening in Bachelor. One of the lines that I use in the thing is like the guilt is starting to outweigh the pleasure. Mm, Speaking wow. of what you're talking about, like we all feel yeah. guilty now. And it's because I think the producer class has engaged in really something that started back in season 18 when they made Juan Pablo the first villain Bachelor. They now don't like their leads. And that has just brewed and gotten worse over the years as like Instagram has started making these leads giant superstars and they're making fuckloads of money. The producers don't like that because it is out of their sphere of control. And I think the producers now, it feels like they don't like anybody on the show and they are trying to make them all suffer. And that's like not fun to watch. Right. I need somebody to root for. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. There's no escapism anymore. When you're watching these players try to escape the producers, it's like, (laughs) it's like a horror movie. Like you're rooting for them to get out of the fucking house instead of being like, I can't wait to see them go on a helicopter. You're like, don't get on the helicopter. Uh, You both are leaving us alone with these. Oh my God. Thank you guys for continuing on. Yeah. Yeah. 
yes, we we are forever linked to this franchise wherever it may take us. Yeah. But we cannot thank you both enough for uh, joining us today and talking about all things Bachelor and where your podcast is headed. And we're looking very forward to seeing, uh, you know, everything that you do from here on out, as always. Oh, thank you. Domination of the Married at First Sight yeah. space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, thank you where can people find you, your Patreon, etc.? Yeah, we're on Instagram, two black girls, one rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our Patreon is patreon.com slash the number two black girl, number one rose. And yeah, every week, still weekly. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody be sure to check that out. And again, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. 
You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. We can't thank Natasha and Justine enough again for joining us for that state of the game. Super important. Definitely go check out all of their stuff across social media on their Patreon. Listen to their podcast wherever you can. And now it is time for Pace Case and I to discuss what we're watching. This is... What are you watching? What are you watching? Mine has escalated from last week. You know, I was on Narcos season one. Now I'm on Narcos season three. What the fuck? (laughs) You consumed two seasons of it in a week? (laughs) How many episodes are in a season? Look, I'm going full Pedro (laughs) Pascal in preparation for The Last of Us. What did you say? I said, how many episodes are in a season? You just blew past it. I'm like, oh, fuck. There's like 30 episodes in a season. God, I don't even know. I just take whatever they give me. 11, I want to say. Very good. Very, Mm -hmm. uh, very exciting. Uh, I've also graduated to Siesta Key season four. Oh, congratulations. Which is an MTV show I'm watching on YouTube TV. Narcos I'm watching on Netflix. And I've also added into my repertoire Bravo's Southern Hospitality. I was told it was like... It was giving like early Vanderpump rules. Mm. And I will say I am very, very excited by the three and a half episodes I've watched. It's like Vanderpump rules. (laughs) It's giving Vanderpump behavior. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's a lot of stuff. I have not watched that much stuff. I've been busy in Clues Corner. But what I did watch was the conclusion of White Lotus season two. And I also watched a little bit of the Golden Globes, just some clips. I didn't watch the whole episode or the whole show. No one did. The ratings were down, as they always are. No one did. Uh, (laughs) But I did watch Jennifer Coolidge's acceptance speech um, at the Golden Globes and Mike White's acceptance speech. That Jennifer Coolidge acceptance speech was so fucking good because she talked about how, I mean, she's very funny, first of all. I might have to do my impersonation of her. But she goes, she's talking about how you know, since American Pie, basically, there have been five guys that have kind of kept her alive in Hollywood with these small jobs. And she did this joke where she's like, there have been five guys who've kept me alive out here in Hollywood. Uh, It's like you, Ryan Murphy. It's really just you, Ryan. I thought that was hilarious. Like she she set up that there were like these five producers who were... There's five. (laughs) Yeah, but it was really just Ryan Murphy. My favorite, my favorite uh, interview answer I gave her, she gave lately. What would it be? The ultimate dream role for you now. What would be, if you, anything you could could happen, what would it be? I've always wanted to play a dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) 
I saw this on TikTok. It is an Access Hollywood interview. I died. I've watched it a million times. She's so fucking funny. Well, she comes from Groundlings. Like her background is comedy, you know, and I know that, you know, White Lotus has definitely comedic moments and she's very funny in it. But like, that's not really a comedy, that show. I mean, all of her bits are pure comedy. The I mean, I think it's not a spoiler, but she is riding on a Vespa at some point and it's just like bodily humor. She pretends that like a fly flew in her mouth or something and she's trying to get it. And I fucking pissed my pants. It is so perfect. It's exactly what you want to see Jennifer Coolidge do in Italy is White Lotus season two. And the thing that she said in this acceptance speech where she's talking about how she's just been kind of subsisting on these small roles given to her by a few producers in Hollywood since American Pie uh, until Mike Mm -hmm. White gives her this obviously like career life changing role. And at her age, to have been out here for this long... What about Legally Blonde? She didn't win any awards for Legally Blonde, and that's a one-time job. You get paid, goodbye, good riddance. This is something completely different. This will change her entire... The course of her career, she's going to be, I'm assuming, like in Oscar movies and shit now. She might get to play a Marvel villain or be in Star Wars or something. I could see some shit like that happen, you know? Oh, my God. I want, I want, I want the Jennifer Coolidge Marvel superhero. She's a superhero. I can see her being something. She's going to be in those movies. She's getting those offers now uh, as we as we sit here. But that idea that there are so many talented actors out here that have like one thing that they can kind of then string together like a working career off of for decades, but never have that big break. Here she's got it after she's been doing this for however decades, literally, you know. Uh, when did American Pie come mm-hmm. out? In the 90s, I think. Um It's just like, I don't know, every once in a while, a story like this kind of breaks out. Not that this is even a second chance for her like it was for Mickey Rourke when he did The Wrestler. This is like a first chance almost. And it's just, it's great to see because she is so fucking talented. Yeah. I would watch her do anything. Literally. Oh my God. (sighs) There's so many, I don't want to spoil any of it. If you haven't watched White Lotus season two, go do it now. And then go listen to HBO Lax pod, our breakdowns of it. But it's it's a great season of television. I'm glad you got through it, Clues. I did. And again, I can't give out spoilers. I don't want to give out spoilers. It's still kind of a fresh show. Mistakes were made. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad show. It's a pretty good show. Mistakes were made. Beautiful show. Visually beautiful. Not, there's not really anything like that on TV. There's a lot of thought put into everything. All of the... Uh, you know, stage decorations and things of this nature, the costumes, like it's really, really well made in the writing though. Mistakes were made. I wonder when we can have this debate publicly. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to wait. I want to, (laughs) I have to have a hundred percent certainty that anyone listening to this would not be spoiled or or at least would not care if they were. And I don't know that we'll ever be able to have that information. So a clues corner or a pace case palapa pace case palapa. Clues corner, pace case palapa. Clues corner, <laughs> pace case palapa. Clues corner, pace case palapa. What can we expect of the pace case palapa? Time will tell. Time will tell. So let's move on now to that portion of our program in which we discuss all those tids. This is. Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, 
the Dark Lord hath returned. On Sunday of this week, the disgraced former host of our beloved game, Chris Harrison, released the first two episodes of his new podcast, The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever. Harrison explained that the iHeartRadio podcast will ultimately be an exploration of relationships, although the first two episodes were used to give himself a platform to explain his feelings on the racism scandal that cost him his job during the airing of Bachelor Season 25. Harrison issued no apology for the content of his comments to Rachel Lindsay in the now infamous extra interview, but instead chose to pin the blame for the fallout after the interview on what he called a sloppy delivery of his message. The original Dark Lord also made sure to list by name a group of players who offered messages of support during what he described as one of the most difficult times in his life. The list included names like Source Boy Sean Lowe, Real Millionaire Andrew Firestone, the unlovable Ben Higgins, and even players of color like Eric Bigger and Mike Johnson. I like my drinks like I like my lords. Dark and sloppy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's some that's some palapa talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> More than Pace Case's palapa. The second episode of Garrison's new podcast featured an appearance from his fiance Lauren Zima, who shared her feelings on quitting a job she loved in her bachelor coverage for Entertainment Tonight in order to support Harrison. Although there is controversy within the nation surrounding Harrison's lack of an apology for his prior racist comments, the most dramatic podcast ever is currently the number one podcast across all categories on iTunes. It is a massive success. We will certainly be covering some of the most important clips from these first two episodes in our next Digging Deeper, which will be out on January 23rd. But if you can't wait until then, as I said up top, I have released the first two episodes of my new series, Clues Corner, on the Game of Roses Patreon Uh, which are live video reactions as I'm listening to everything he said in this. Now, Pace Case, we had some conjecture about the success of this podcast. Who's going to be listening? It's the number one podcast Mm -hmm. on iTunes. Is that astounding to you anyway? Is that surprising? It's not surprising to me, Clues. I'll be real with you. No shit. The the launched episodes of a podcast are going to be your your number one chance to get up there in the charts. And, you know, he has a huge following. I think people are curious. Here's who he's on top of right now. The number two podcast overall is the catechism in a year with Frank, with the uh, Friar Mike Schmidt Schmitz. Sorry. It, this same guy did one. That's like the Bible in a year. This is the catechism in a year. So he's just like reading. He's a priest that's reading, religious texts and you can just kind of like read along the number three podcast is the daily from new york times then dateline nbc then suspect i don't know what huberman lab is that's number six then that same guy has the bible in a year friar mike schmitz crime junkie uh the bible recap and then number 10 is smartless number 11 is morbid so he's on top of all of this shit okay so if all the top podcasts are christian it doesn't it doesn't shock me. I feel like it's I mean, I don't know. I retract my surprise. What's going on in the forums? I, I think people are curious. I as I said, stand with Rachel Lindsay will only watch this through Clues Corner. Uh, <laughs> my first pace case palapa is me watching Clues Corner. <laughs> And then I have to do a clues corner watching you, watching me, watching. (laughs) We just keep going until we're dead. Uh, 
no, I'm curious to see if he actually is going to pivot to relationship topics. Yeah, we'll see. And where these numbers will go. It's interesting to me, too, that like iHeartRadio is is signing on to this. Generally speaking, scandals of this nature make a person untouchable by corporations. That is not the mm-hmm. case here. iHeartRadio is a massive media company. And they're just like, fuck it. If there's money to be made, we're making it. We don't care how we make it. That's kind of an interesting thing to me. But I mean, who are their other podcasters? I bet they have people like him. People like him in terms of scandal? Similar audience. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It just says like this pod. Like, I don't think iHeartRadio would have made this podcast back when all this shit was happening. No, I think there's definitely been discussions of like, how long do we wait for whatever? Will people still remember me looking up while talking to Michael Strahan? Yeah. I remember. Exactly. All of that. (laughs) Well, of course. But the fact that he doesn't really apologize for any of that, and iHeartRadio has obviously heard these episodes before they come out, and they're like, yep, this is what we're going to go with. That's a major corporation, essentially, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. standing by a guy who is not apologizing for a huge appearance on a, a... interview where he was racist, like openly racist to a degree that that almost took down The Bachelor. Anyway, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, that is the first piece of news in Bachelor Nation news. Speaking of Bachelor Nation podcasts, protected player Natasha Parker is in the news this week because she's leaving clickbait. As we discussed with Justina and Natasha up top, Parker announced her departure in this week's clickbait episode, citing her desire to keep podcasting, just not in the nation. Parker confessed that there have been some changes in the nation that have made it hard for her to continue her coverage, and she hopes to move on to doing her own podcast that will cover topics of personal interest to her, like manifestation and positivity. Parker did not mention the title of her new podcast or when it might be available, nor was her replacement announced or even alluded to. As it stands currently, there is only one clickbait host left standing in the greatest night one player of all time, Grocery Store Joe. Will anyone defeat him? <laughs> I think he's going to be there till he dies. He's the perma host. The lack of information surrounding the future of Parker's podcasting career and the future of the clickbait lineup has led some to speculate on the nature of her departure being less than amicable. We don't know who will replace Parker, but we are hopeful that perhaps next week we will find out. And of course, we wish Parker luck as she navigates the seas of Bachelor Nation podcasts in a ship all her own. Very curious to see the fallout from this, too. And that... Uh, and the replacement host. Who will be the replacement host? Or will it only be one other host? Will it be three new hosts? Will it be ten new hosts? We have no idea. Cruz and I have already spent a lot of time theorizing about who it could be. <laughs> I'm dreaming about it now. <laughs> my 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 manifestation powers are all going to Maddie and Trizzy being the second and third. Yeah. What about uh, Brennan Marais and Piper James? That's also the dream dream rotation. Those are the two best clickbait <laughs> casts you could have. If you're listening right now, clickbait producers, get Trizzy, mm-hmm. get Maddie. You're going to have to pay them through the nose because money's all that matters to them. Or you're going to have to give them some kind of Christian platform, I think. That would also work. Mm. Or you get Brennan and you get Piper and you let them talk about whatever they want. No filter, no governor on what they got to say, not having to uphold any Bachelor Nation narratives. You let them talk freely. That's a huge podcast. Speaking of huge parasocial powerhouses, next up in Bachelor Nation news, 
the beast is back. Hannah Brown made her triumphant return to television this week on one of ABC's rival networks, Fox, to appear on a show called Special Forces, World's Toughest Test. The LA icon joined 15 other reality stars in the Jordanian desert where they trained with a Special Forces team. In the first episode, Brown and her co-stars jumped out of a helicopter, ran through an obstacle course, and walked across a wire stretched out over a 300-foot canyon. Child's play for the beast who dominated her opponents in open combat and ate bugs on season 23 of The Bachelor. Yeah, not eating piss. (laughs) No, they didn't drink (laughs) piss in that one. That was a joke. That guy told them you had to drink piss. Someone was going to do it. Yeah, but it wasn't really piss. If they would have actually drank piss on season 23, god damn, that would have been epic. Brown was joined by celebrities like Mel B, Jamie Lynn Spears, Beverly Mitchell, Gus Kenworthy, Dwight Howard, and in the first episode, Kate Goslin, Dr. Drew, Montel Jordan, and Tyler Florence were all medically withdrawn or outright quit because of the circumstances. But congrats oh to uh, the Beast on her triumphant return to the small screen. We look forward to seeing how long she can last on this season of Special Forces, World's Toughest Test. She'll be the only one to not IFI all season. That's my prediction. All right, could be. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, Clues is great one. Nick Vial proved once again that he is ever relevant in the nation when the Dark Lord called him out by name in his new podcast. In a woe is me style complaint that players and leads alike have been gunning for his job as host since the very beginning of the franchise. The Dark Lord named Vial as one of the players who, quote, saw blood in the water <laughs> when he expressed his racist views to Rachel Lindsay in 2021. Vial took to his own platform on the Vial Files to issue his rebuttal saying, so he said I was gunning for his job, <laughs> He didn't list me as one of the people who reached out. Vial noted he was really disappointed to hear what <laughs> Harrison had to say about him. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. He continued. I think Chris should take more accountability for what he did. And again, I've never been like Chris's bestie. I'm just disappointed. I'm pretty sure Sean Lowe would have taken the job if he was offered it. Wow. I can't believe you're able to cut those clips so tightly. <laughs> Well, I mean, we may never know fully if the Great One made behind-the-scenes moves to put himself in the conversation to become the next Dark Lord. It certainly seems within the scope of possibility. But congratulations go out to the Great One, who once again proves he is always relevant and foremost in the minds of everyone in the nation, including the host of the number one podcast on iTunes. Is this the first time that anyone from Bachelor Nation has been mentioned in the number one podcast on iTunes? Well, Rachel Lindsay wasn't, so... Ooh! Ooh! And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, a few things to mention in the relationship roundup. Michelle Money got engaged to her longtime partner, golfer Mike Weir, and sadly, we must report that Superstar Season 21 LA icon Corinne Olympios has broken up with her boyfriend, Jerry Morris, after only a year together. Condolences to Corinne. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I... 
I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. <laughs> Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping 
on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's move on to that portion of our program where we discuss all the plays our favorite players are making off the field on their telephones, in those TikToks, in those Instagrams, in that metaverse, on their Facebook pages, on their MySpace pages, AOL Instant Messenger. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Face player extraordinaire Jill Chin decided to finally reveal whether or not she has been coached by Bachelor Clues. In an Instagram Q&A in response to the question, were you coached by Bachelor Clues? She responded with an image of her engaging in her characteristic tear play, with the word response, probably would have made it a lot further if I was head-melting emoji. Does this mean that she wasn't coached by Bachelor Clues, or is this all part of an elaborate ruse mm. to throw people off the truth? We may never know. Bachelor Clues will not confirm or deny. <laughs> Breaking news. Former Crown and Clickbait <laughs> co-host Tasha Adams teased a new relationship in a TikTok. She closes a laptop under the caption when the new guy I'm seeing asks about my relationship history to the sound. I think I explained it would give us both an aneurysm. The video has 77.7K views. We have a new season upon us. The season of Mr. 4TRR, Zach Shawcross, season 27. And with that wonderful time of year comes a new crop of rookies trying to launch themselves into parasocial legend status via parasocial plays. And as we're fully entrenched in the professional era, we're already off to a hot, hot start. One season 27 rookie, Sonia Sharma, made light of her ending a 10-year relationship and then ending up on The Bachelor via TikTok. In the video, she cheers as a martini under the caption, who's that girl who ended a 10-year relationship and ended up on The Bachelor? At this point, she points at herself, dons sunglasses, and sips from the martini. The caption reads, all jokes, flat smile emoji, rose emoji, hashtag bachelor, hashtag bachelor nation. It's simple, on TikTok trends, and teases at a heartbreak PTC. No notes. Ooh. We've got a live one. Season 27 isn't even out. And one rookie is doing parasocial plays that are getting written about in Us Weekly. Last week, we covered rookie Victoria Jameson, a.k.a. at Victoria, when she announced her divorce parasocially via a TikTok of her Bachelor casting photo. We've never seen anything like her coming into the game. A player already with almost 1 million TikTok followers. This week, at Victoria continued pumping out strong content, including a TikTok of her whole family reacting to her telling them she's going on the next season of The Bachelor. Our runner-up, Parasocial Play of the Week, goes to at Victoria for her other fantastic play in which she dances to the TikTok trend of rolling around on the floor of Target Underneath the caption, when he's 6'4 and literally has 30 girlfriends, the video has 6.4K views and 412 likes. How did she get the TikTok handle, Victoria? I don't know, but what you've written here about we've never seen anything like her coming into the game is accurate. She is so dominant parasocially over all the other players. We're starting to look now at like uh, Instagram numbers and things like that in preparation for uh, next mm -hmm. week when on Tuesday we're going to have our deep dive into all of the rookies 
parasocial play, all their uh, parasocial accounts, their Instagrams or TikToks. She's a lead on Instagram and TikTok. Lead on Instagram and TikTok has a hundred, I believe, around one hundred and thirty Instagram, one hundred thirty k Instagram followers, one twenty one, and she's got nine hundred and some TikTok, nine hundred some k, nine seventy, nine hundred seventy thousand TikToks. We've never seen anything like this. Is this an indication the producers are maybe loosening up? their stranglehold on, you know, how they view social media. This is a legit influencer coming into the game now. Is this the ultimate for TRR, though? Because she doesn't need to get followers. I mean, time will tell. We have no idea how they're going to treat her, cut her. What are the narratives? We have no idea. But this is a first. Hmm. Definitely in the history of the game to have somebody with this much parasocial power coming in on night one. Well, all of these were strong plays. However... There can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to the goat herself, Caitlin Bristow. In an Instagram live this week, she responded to a fan's question, do you listen to Game of Roses? She says she should, but I can't let Bachelor World take over my life. But I love them. The people who run it, incredible humans. Thank you to the goat for this insanely beautiful, stunning parasocial play both demonstrating healthy Bachelor Nation boundaries and a reverence <laughs> for the pit. We also think you're an incredible human and congratulations on this award. Add it to the shelf with your mirror ball trophy. It is always a strange experience still for me to see players of this level mentioning our podcast, us in any way, and to see it done so eloquently and so nicely, really. I mean, this it's a very nice comment she's made here about us. Uh, I'm stunned by it to be honest. Yeah, truly stunned. Thank you, Jason Tardick, for maybe putting in a good word. Gore girl, Jason Tardick. And now it's time to move on to those parasocial plays made by the non-humans within the nation. We have a couple to mention here. Uh, Nashville slider Jason Tardick wasn't happy when a very bold skunk decided to spray his stuff all over multiple parasocial Creature of the Week winners, Pino and Ramen, early in the morning. Our condolences uh, go oh, out no. to Pino, Ramen, and the entire Tardic Bristow family for <laughs> having to deal with what I am sure is not a fun situation. And our Parasocial Creature of the Week this week, though, is Trip, Peter Weber's beloved dog. Unfortunately, he passed away this week, and Peter has put together a stunning tribute to him with a caption that reads, Trippy, having you by my side for the last 18 and a half years has been the most precious gift of my life. The memories I have with you will be something I'll cherish in my heart every day till I get to see you again, Bubba. The story of a boy and his dog is one of the greatest stories out there, and I'm so incredibly lucky, lucky to have had my story with you. I promise you'll live on through me forever. I love you, Trip. Heart emoji. Congratulations and condolences go out to Trip and Peter Weber on this posthumous Creature of the Week. Clues, I thought we weren't reading dog, dog memorials anymore. <laughs> Don't we have to? Aren't we obligated to? I mean, Trip was an important part of Bachelor Nation. He, he had a lot of parasocial play. I can't not cry. Well, that's okay. You can feel the emotion. Take it in. Remember Trip one last time. And wish him well in his journeys in the great beyond. We'll see him in the astral plane. And moving on now, it is time for Pace Case and I to drop straight to the bottom of the pit where we will issue forth our screams about how our fandom of our beloved game has really drastically changed our lives forever. We will never be the same. This is Screams from the Pit! 
ice cream this week is related to my what are you watching? Oh. Uh, specifically, Siesta Key, what I think of as the Laguna Beach of Florida with much more physical violence. Oh, Jesus. Uh there's a there's a level of violence that they get away with that I'm confused how they have gotten away with, but it's very entertaining. Like fist fights and shit. Um, there's been some punches, some a slap. Okay. I don't want to give anything away. Uh, but <laughs> no spoilers for Siesta Key. Yeah. Have you ever seen Bad Girls Club season one? No. And by the way, you watched the first season and that has a, a punch in it. Does it? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch Bad Girls Club season one. There's a character on that one called okay. Ripsy, who's very entertaining. Well, my scream is related to, I believe, the season three reunion. You know, I'm watching Siesta Kia as my completely like puff, puff piece, like light as a feather show. I just put on at the end of the night, kind of relax. And we get to the reunion. I'm very excited. I don't think they had done a reunion before that season. Mm-hmm. Guess who is? Fucking hosting it. Rachel Lindsay. Oh, wow. No shit. Yes. She hosted the reunion. Well, didn't she have an MTV show for a minute? Uh, Maybe. I think she did. So she's plugged into the MTV family, maybe. That's how she's getting in there. I guess so. It Honestly, Hmm. it seemed like a weird pairing to me. (laughs) Yep. I wouldn't associate Rachel Lindsay with Siesta Key necessarily on any planet in our solar system. No, but she got into it with the people and and caused like a caused a walk off, which you want that in your reunion. Um, she did a very good job, but it was just so funny to me to be like watching my piece of media that I feel is okay. There was a Bachelor person who was on an earlier season, but I feel like it's removed from Bachelor Nation, and then to see Rachel Lindsay hosting the reunion blew my mind. That is pretty mind-blowing, but congrats to Rachel Lindsay on expanding her empire even further. Now she touches Siesta Key. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. My scream this week begins with this statement. Every day I wake up with a smile on my face. I know up top we discuss with Two Black Girls, One Rose that it's been hard to watch these past seasons, that they finally have decided they're not going to cover season 27, disinterest in Zach Shawcross, all these things. I know we discuss these things. But I'm waking up with a smile on my face because I'm thinking about what's going to happen in season 27. I have never been more excited for a season of our beloved game because this season is going to change the game forever. Specifically because of... Uh, our influence, I will say. And I I know when we first started this podcast, part of why we wanted to do it is to see if we could influence the game. Could we get someone in the game? Could we have them play the game like a game? Could it be a sport? Get our terminology into it. Get our terminology into it. All of that. And all I can say, I, can, I can't say more than this. Season 27 is, I believe, the biggest impact we will have on the game yet. And I feel like mm. that is only going to keep continuing uh, in the, the successive seasons. Can't say any more about that either, but I have reason to believe <laughs> that will be the case. But season 27 certainly is going to be... Teasing that tea seller. <laughs> My tea seller is, is growing. Ding, ding. 
You know, and at a certain point, I'll be able to reveal all of the tea that is associated with these things that I'm saying now. But rest assured, I personally, my scream is... You're like, it'll all be written on my gravestone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll have to show up to my tombstone, although I'm getting frozen. So I'll be dunked in a vat of liquid nitrogen buried somewhere outside of Tucson, Arizona. Show up to my frozen body. <laughs> show up to my frozen body. Knock on the door of Alcor. Excuse me, I need to see his, his freezing tank. No, none of that. I mean, that is true, but please don't come to my freezing tank. Seeking answers. You'll find none. Uh, <laughs> That's just written on the tank. I know you come here seeking answers. There are none. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is there have been moments in our coverage of this game, in, in doing Game of Roses, even prior to that, there have been moments where I had like huge swells of excitement about the upcoming season or an upcoming episode or whatever. I've never felt anything quite like this. It is at another level where I am giddy That's almost great. every day, just waiting to see night one, waiting to see how certain things are going to be presented in the document. I can't wait. I, I literally cannot wait for this. And I'm so excited that it's right fucking around the corner. This is like it's just bigger than any sport that I've ever uh, been excited to see. It's bigger than any holiday, any birthday. By a lot. <laughs> yes, by a lot. And I've gone to some some interesting sporting events in my lifetime. When I was like really big into UFC and the mixed martial arts, I would go to a bunch of UFCs, like I'd two or three a year probably. And some of them like UFC 100 in Vegas that was Brock Lesnar versus Shane Carwin. Sorry, I know I'm losing a lot of people here, but that one was gigantic for me. I couldn't wait to see it. This shit blows it out of the water. Season 27 is like UFC 100 times a million. Do the math. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> anyway, that's my screen. Well, I'm happy that Opto 2023 is going well. Thank you. Doesn't seem like there could be any negative consequences as a byproduct of it. So No, not at all. And now we're going to move on. We're going to play you a scream from someone named A.T. Gabby. If you want to submit your screams to us to be played here on This Week in Bachelor Nation, you just go to patreon.com slash gameroses. You get access to our Discord where you can record and upload a one-minute or less audio file, and we play the best ones here and analyze them for just how deep in the pit these screams are. So here we go again. This is from A.T. Gabby. Hello, Pit. During the recent holiday season, I took a trip to Florida with my family. And one day we were getting drinks at this kind of a big, like outside beer garden type place. And I see a very cute creature sporting a bandana right by us. I head over because I have to pet this adorable creature. And on approach, a dog tag flashes in my direction. And my sister in Christ, my heart stopped when I saw that this tag said Rambo. I, of course, asked to pet the six-figure pup, and he was super nice and friendly. I'm really excited. Hayden was nice, too. I did admit that I recognized him and Rambo, but we didn't really talk too much other than that. And then I had to go back to my family and explain that I just met a celebrity who's possibly the most referenced and talked about creature ever to grace the document. So for strutting his stuff on the piers of Tampa while looking so cute in his dog bandana and getting lots of non-creatures to come up and pet him, Rambo Markowitz is mine. <laughs> Creature of the Week. <laughs> Your face. I don't even know what to Your say. Face play at that. I don't even know what to say to this. 
this is a historical first. It's too uh, many things. It's too many things for me to even understand. A, A.T. Gabby. The sound effect. Met. Well, okay, fine. Let's let's go backwards in. For me, that's the number one. I'm like, this the creative <laughs> sound effect. A.T. Gabby. Crying. Created her own Creature of the Week sound effect, which was beautiful, expertly done, uh, technically flawless. She also met Rambo Markowitz, who at this point uh, is immortal. I mean, weren't we led to believe that Rambo was um, enduring some kind of medical condition that made it very likely he would not have seen any more days of his life up to this point? And yet here he is, apparently thriving on the docks of Tampa. And A.T. Gabby got to meet Hayden Markowitz, who was nice to her. This is... I don't really know how to rate this scream again because there's so many parts of it. A, it's not like at its face, it's not that screamy. It's not really about how uh, your fandom of the show is taking over your life. It's just like, oh, I I ran into a bachelor player. No, the presentation is showing how it's taking over the life. <laughs> yes, the presentation is the scream. It was the strutting of stuff. Story, my sister in Christ. There were all of these layers. Yes, it's the presentation. And in that version of the, or that piece of the scream, I should say, then enhances the meeting. It enhances the story because a regular person, even a casual fan, somebody not in the pit who sees Rambo and Hayden Markowitz might get a selfie, might be like, oh shit, that guy was on The Bachelor. Oh, he's got a cute dog. You might not even remember the PTC Mm -hmm. about Rambo. You know, everything was mined here. You know, this experience of meeting Rambo and Hayden Markowitz by AT uh, Gabby couldn't be in any other way by any other person couldn't be appreciated as much and it's cinematic like real like seeing the dog tag first and then coming to the realization yeah incredible it was great a perfect telling a perfect use of sound effects and all of this thank you so much at gabby for this (laughs) it was uh hilarious heartwarming and humbling so once again if you want to submit your own screams, you want to try to compete with A.T. Gabby's scream here, the bar hath been raised. Let that be known. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can, again, go to patreon.com slash and get on our Discord and send us a one minute or less audio file. And again, y- you got to compete with this now. Sorry to everybody else in the pit. Sorry. This was fantastic. It happened. Professional era. But that is it. That wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you have enjoyed it. And thanks again to two Black Girls, One Rose for joining us in the state of the game and discussing their decision to not cover Bachelor Season 27 and their uh, decision to move on into Married at First Sight and other reality television shows being covered. We can't thank them enough. And before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It's been 7,599 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 